Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fight Podcast, the weekly combat sports and culture podcast. Yes, I am your host, Serge Vicente, and we have a great show lined up for you today. This week, we cover all the crazy MMA news of the week. We are also going to go ahead and talk about finally, after long last, UFC 230's main event, Bellator 207 and 208, both have amazing cards this weekend and so much more. Remember, the Fire Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fire Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fire Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefirepodcast.com. We are on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe, listen, rate, and purchase merch today. Boom! Man, this week is already crazy. We had all of the madness of last weekend's cars. And first and foremost, where are my manners? Welcome to the Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. As always, you know it. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. And uh, it is an ugly day here in Chicago. I'm not going to lie. It's rainy. It's dark. It's in the 60s. But my spirits are high and we good out here because there's so much crazy nonsense going on in the combat sports world. And you know what? Let me just go ahead and jump into it. UFC 230 in Madison Square Garden, less than a month away. It's been a struggle, man. People have not known what's going to happen with this card. For the longest, it's a Madison Square Garden card. This is supposed to be one of the UFC's biggest fights of the year. Fight cards, that is. They stacked the card. You have Israel Adesanya on the card fighting Derek Brunson. You have Luke Rockhold on this card fighting Chris Weidman in a rematch. You have Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier fighting in this car for the co-main event, but they did not go out there and actually schedule a main event. 
until this past weekend, this last Thursday, I believe it was, and we talked about it, I believe, in episode 33 of the Fight Podcast. They scheduled Sajar Eubanks against Amanda, Sh- or I'm sorry, um, Valentina Shevchenko for the main event. And nobody understood. No, everyone was like, why would you make that the main event? Well, Dana White and them, they, they said we're not going to disappoint for New York. And I'm be very honest with you, they didn't. Last night, officially, which was Tuesday the, what is it, the 9th? Tuesday the 9th. The UFC officially announced the champ champ. The heavyweight champ, the light heavyweight champ, Daniel Cormier, is going to be defending his heavyweight championship belt against the number two ranked Derek the Black Beast Lewis. What? Yo, I'm going to be very honest with you. I did not see this coming. There's been rumblings about this behind the scenes. People have been saying Daniel Cormier has been training a lot at AKA. The rumblings of them trying to get together Daniel Cormier against John Jones, that didn't come to fruition. And I'm not going to lie, after Derek Lewis's performance this weekend, yes, he won the fight. In dramatic fashion, and for those of us who don't remember what happened this past weekend at UFC 229, Derek Lewis was on the main card. He was fighting against Alexander Volkov. Alexander Volkov, absolute monster, former Bellator heavyweight champion, 6'7", 250 pounds, moves well, great stand-up, great takedowns, all the, as everything, was beating Derek Lewis for four minutes or for three rounds and four minutes and I'll say 48 seconds of the very last round Derek Lewis uncorks knocks dude absolutely unconscious one of the most epic comebacks you'll ever see he gets a W now after the fight Joe Rogan went ahead and asked him what are you going to do do you feel like you deserve a title shot Derek Lewis really didn't speak on it. He says he needs to get in better shape. He said, actually, I need to get my my black ass and get some cardio. So I didn't see this fight happening at least until next year. Out of nowhere. Coming to save the card. Daniel Cormier just got. And this was something that I found was interesting. This fight is a month away. Daniel Cormier said he could not fight at Madison Square Garden because he can't even make a fist yet. He had surgery after his last fight and he broke his hand. So now all of a sudden, a month out, he's down to fight. Granted, I'm excited. I'm a little worried about his hand. But what this tells me, and this is something that I wanted to bring up because I for the life of me, for a second, I couldn't understand why Daniel Cormier was taking this fight. I think it's an easy fight for him. Don't get it twisted. I'm a huge Derek Lewis fan. But I find this being an easy fight for Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier has been in the cage with some of the most devastating strikers in MMA. Dan Henderson. 
Anthony Johnson, John Jones, Alexander Gustafson. Nobody has really been able to land too, too clean. Yes, John Jones touched him up. Yes, he got cracked by a couple by Gus and he got cracked by AJ. But he's resilient and he knows how to roll off those punches the right way. So Derek Lewis's power doesn't really bother me against Daniel Cormier. I believe that he'll be able to wrestle him. I'll be able to, he'll be able to get him on the ground and probably end up getting a submission relatively quickly in the fight. Probably first end of the first round, beginning of the second round. I'll break it down when we get closer to the match. Um, but Obviously, Daniel Cormier does not believe this is that big of a deal or that difficult of a match for him. So what's the timeline for Daniel Cormier? Daniel Cormier wants to retire by his 40th birthday in March. He still plans on defending his belt against Brock Lesnar in January. Huh. So I started thinking about it. Daniel Cormier can go out and defend his title against Derek Lewis, who's a tough competitor. He's won nine out of his last 10 at heavyweight, which doesn't happen. So he's worthy of a title shot. He's worthy of it. We can't take that away from him at all. So we have Derek Lewis. So he beats Derek Lewis. He, so he defends his heavyweight chip once. Then in January, he defends his chip against Brock Lesnar, one of the biggest stars in MMA history, one of the biggest stars in sporting history. Boom. That now it solidifies uh, Daniel Cormier's legacy, not only as a light heavyweight champion, but as a heavyweight champion as well. He's defended his chip twice. And then John Jones is supposed to be back in January. Depending on how that fight goes, in two months, what could end up happening? It could end up being an eight-week training camp. You could end up having Danny Cormier fighting John Jones for the heavyweight chip for Daniel Cormier's last fight at a weight class where Daniel Cormier is arguably better. That is how he can go out and solidify his legacy as the greatest MMA fighter of all time. And one of the greatest, if not the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. For his team, for Danny Cormier, that is what I see. That should be the path that he can take to really establish his legacy. And that is the only reason why I can see him taking this fight. You can defend your heavyweight chip twice. You defended your light heavyweight chip before. And then you go out and you beat your nemesis to end up calling it a career. Hey, I think it's a good call. So um, as of right now, and these are the Vegas sides that have come out a couple hours afterwards. Daniel Cormier has opened up as a nine to one favorite against Derek the Black Beast Lewis. So that's exciting. I'll break it down a little bit more, obviously, when we get um, close to it. The fight's only about three weeks away, so we'll be talking about that in depth very, very soon. All right. Same card, UFC 230. 
Now it's stacked. It's incredible. All of us can't believe it. Now the card is complete. We have a main event that's bananas. Daniel Cormier versus DC. We have a co-main main event that's for like the Let's Bleed Championship, like the Hard Nose Real Fighters Championship. Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz. This just in, Dustin Poirier also announced yesterday, right after the main event was announced, Dustin the Diamond Poirier has to pull out of his co-main event fight with Nate Diaz at UFC 230 with an undisclosed injury. Womp, womp, womp. Man, why can't we have nice things? You know, that's how I felt when I heard about this. I was like, why can't we have anything nice? We had a great car this past weekend. It got messed up by the melee at the end of the fight. We have a great card finally set up in New York. It gets taken away from us right away. Why can't us combat sports fans, in particular MMA fans, have nice things? Ah, this breaks my heart. And then... I'm not going to lie. I had a little bit of enthusiasm because I was like, well, you know what? I was like, this is cool. Dustin's out. That sucks. But now we can get Kevin Lee, who doesn't have a dance partner at the time. Let's get Kevin Lee to go out and fight Nate Diaz. That's a great fight. Whoever fights that ends up pretty much end up being the number one contender. I love it. Brett Akamoto reports out of the mouth of Brett Akimoto, fantastic MMA journalist and reporter from ESPN, reported that Dana White, out of Dana White's mouth, Dana White says that now Nate Diaz is definitely out off of UFC 230. So we've pretty much lost our co-main event now. That sucks. The card itself is not going to suffer. Pay-per-view wise, yes, it will suffer because Nate Diaz is a huge star. But performance-wise, this card is still dope. This card is still going to go ahead and perform. So here's the next thing. What's going to happen with the the women's flyweight championship fight against Amanda Nunes and Sajar Eubanks? Well, with the new main event for UFC 230, the Shevchenko-Yoana champion fight is back on for UFC 231 in December in Toronto. So pretty much this is what happened. Once they got Daniel Cormier, they went ahead and just pretty much said, okay, cool. Let's take the card that we already had, put it back on the Coleman event for UFC 231, which makes that Toronto card incredible. You have Max Holloway fighting against um, Brian Ortega in the uh, featherweight chip. And now you have a Coleman event. So you have two championship bouts on that card in November no, or in December. That's crazy. That's great. But this is what the problem is. The UFC obviously is not communicating with their athletes. If we had forgotten, and we talked about this last week, when they moved 
they originally, so let me start like this. UFC originally made the, the fight with Amanda Yinjechik, or I'm sorry, um, Amanda Shevchenko versus Yuana Yinjechik for the flyweight title. This would be great. Everyone is excited about this fight, and it was originally supposed to be on that Toronto card, UFC 231. After that, because there was no main event this past weekend, Dana White announced that Amanda Shevchenko was going to go ahead and fight Sajar Eubanks as a headlining bout for UFC 230 at Madison Square Garden. Yoana comes out on social media and says, yo, this is messed up. Nobody told me about this. I found out that I am no longer fighting for a championship fight on social media. And we all have to take a step back to the fact that the UFC isn't communicating with their champions, former champions and athletes, and just shuffling things around. And don't get it twisted. They're not communicating with Yoana, who is a huge name in the sport. So they move the card back after we get a better, a far better main event. None of us are mad at that main event. They move it back. Joanna's happy. Amanda's happy. They both have a little bit extra time to train. But check this out. Sajara Eubanks, Sajara Eubanks, excuse me. She goes on social media and says, UFC, you guys are playing with my life. Guess what? They didn't tell Sajara Eubanks she's off the card either. She found out on social media. How bananas is that? They're just shuffling things around, messing with people's lives. People are investing in things. People are waiting. These are pay-per-view cards. They will get pay-per-view points, which means they will get extra zeros on their paychecks. And the UFC is messing with these people's lives and livelihoods. It's really messed up. And again, the and this is why I continue saying, and I'm going to stand on it, Bellator will surpass the UFC in the next few years. For the simple fact that Scott Coker treats his athletes better and athletes in Bellator tend to say they are treated far better than UFC athletes. That says a lot, man. So we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see who Sajara Eubanks ends up getting, but I'm not going to lie. I cannot wait for UFC 231 now. All right. That... And there's, let me see, there's a couple other things I believe I want to bring up in fight news before we move on. We have some boxing fight news, too. Boxing fans, I haven't forgot about you. We just haven't had as much moving on recently, especially after the Canelo Triple G stuff. All right. So this to me was important because I'm a huge fan of this dude. So. Billy Joe Saunders, the former, and I'm going to say former, the former WBO middleweight champion um, has been stripped of his WBO championship belt and his fight this um, who was supposed to be in a couple weeks against uh, Demetrius Andrade is now canceled. So let me jump into it real quick for those of us who don't know what exactly happened. Billy Joe Saunders was and this is um, according to Boxing News. 
Um, and this happened a couple days ago. Actually, it came out yesterday. But um, the Massachusetts State Athletic Commission denied the WBO from giving Billy Joe Saunders a license to fight um, after having tested positive for a banned drugs in this past uh, August. So for those of us who don't know, Billy Joe Saunders is one of the most talented boxers in the world. He's one of the most skilled middleweights out there. He's best friends and training partners with Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion that's going to go out there and fight against Deontay Wilder coming up soon. And he was about to fight. Um, uh, uh, actually, Billy Joe Saunders is record for those of us who don't know. 26 and 0, 12 KOs. Dude is an absolute beast. His most impressive win, if you guys haven't been able to check it out, is when he went ahead and just boxed uh, Lemieux's face off. Um, Lemieux is one of the toughest middleweights in the world, and Billy Jill Saunders made him look like a complete amateur. This fight um, against Demetrius Andraj, Demetrius Andraj, who's also undefeated 25 and 0 with 16 KOs, was still down to take the fight. But the Massachusetts State Athletic Commission said, no, it's not going to happen. We're not going to give him a license. So what this ends up bringing up is that this is three bouts over the last year that have been canceled because of something Billy Joe Saunders has done. I'm disappointed because one, this dude is super talented. But two, I'm disappointed because this is somebody who could have been a star. This is somebody who could, he can, look, after this Demetrius Andrade fight, and if he beats him, he can fight one of the Charlos. He can go out and fight Triple G. He can fight Canelo. These are huge fights that are huge for the boxing profile. And now these aren't going to happen. People aren't going to take these fights because Buddy is a liability. So... Look, that's what's happening with that. I'm disappointed in it. Um, but hey, there's my boxing news for the day. That's the most pertinent information coming up. And there are a couple boxing fights this weekend. Terrence Crawford's going to go out there this weekend. Um, and he should be doing some work. Uh, but the big, big, big fights of the weekend. Bellator's heavyweight tournament will be continuing we have two huge Bellator cards, each one headlined by the heavyweight tournament semifinal. Chael Sonnen, the American gangster, is fighting against one of the or the last Emperor Fedor or Milinenko. And on the other side, this Friday, we have Ryan Bader, the Bellator's 205-pound light heavyweight champion, is fighting Matt Mitrione for the the, uh, the to move on in uh, this tournament as well to fight for the championship. So. Two great fights, two great fight cards, and I am going to go ahead and break them both down here. So let me go ahead and start off with, uh, and these are great cards this weekend, yo. These are crazy. So in the main event for UFC 207, that's going to be this Friday, and that's going to be on the Paramount Network free TV. That should be great. Um, in the main event, we have Matt Mitrione. Matt Mitrione is 13 and 5, 
and he is 4-0 in Bellator. Ryan Bader, who's a favorite in this event, is 25-5 in his MMA career, and he's 3-0 in Bellator. This should be a great fight. Two guys both have come from the UFC really, really skilled. Ryan Bader by far has a better grappling pedigree. He is All-American uh, all American wrestler at Arizona State University, has fought some of the best fighters in the world, and the only fighters that he has lost to in his, his entire MMA career have been fighters that have held UFC belts. That says a lot. So let's remember that, right? Okay, Matt Mitchell, on the other hand, far bigger guy, just as, if not more athletic than Ryan Bader, and way more KO power. So how do I see this matchup going? We've been talking about this a lot over the last couple weeks. The smaller man moving up to fight a, a bigger skilled man as well. What happens? I believe Matt Mitrione has really, really, really great takedown defense especially when he's fresh he has great movement way better movement on the feet than ryan bader does ryan bader has also never fought a fighter as big as matt mitrione Remember, the first round of this tournament, he beat a much smaller, who should be at 185 pounder, in King Molawal. So you're going fighting a guy who's probably walks around at 100 or 210 pounds. Now you're fighting a guy who's walks around at 250. Huge difference. And is a way better stand-up artist than the guy that you fought before. How do I see this fight playing out? It happens one of two ways. Either A... Ryan Bader takes him down, lays on him, gets grinds out a decision. Or he gets picked apart on his feet by Matt Mitrione, and that's what I actually see happening. I have Matt Mitrione winning this fight and moving on in the, Bell the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix Final. It's going to be tough, but that's how I see that one playing out. All right. Co-main event is Roy Nelson against Sergey Karatonov. If you don't know Karatonov, he's a beast. Um, old school fighter. He fought all the way back in pride. He's fought in strike force. Um, has fought and beaten some of the best guys in the world. He's fighting against Roy Nelson, 23 and 15 against Sergey Karatonov, who's 26 and 6. I'm going to go ahead and stick with Roy Nelson for this fight card. I think he's a little bit more well-rounded, better ground game, and great power. So I have Roy Nelson in this one. The next fight I want to talk about is Lorenz Larkin, the beast, at 170 pounds, is fighting against Sergey. I'm sorry, fighting against Ian Pascal. Lorenz Larkin is 19-7, Pascal is 18-8. This fight is for... And it's the alternate position for the welterweight tournament as well. I have Lorenz Larkin winning in this. I believe Lorenz Larkin actually should be in the tournament. So if anything happens, he will get in the tournament. And if he does get in the tournament, he could be a dark horse. So uh, let's look out for that. 
Finally, Baby Slice, Kimbo Slice's son, whose 3-1 is fighting against Corey Browning. Bellator is doing a great job in slowly bringing up Baby Slice. Um, I have Baby Slice in this one. Yo, that one's on Friday. That's Bellator 207. It should be an incredible card. Uh, I can't wait for that one. And check it out. This weekend's not done. On top of the boxing that we have, there's also Bellator 208, Fedor versus uh, Chael Sonnen. So I'm going to break this fight down also. Chael Sonnen, 30 wins, 15 losses, one draw against Fedor Milinenko, who's widely regarded as one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. He's 37-5. and five. How do I see this fight going? It is very difficult for me to see Chael Sonnen, who is a natural 185 pounder as well, who's fighting at heavyweight, so he's fighting up, doesn't really have knockout power, and is a pretty much wrestle first uh, type of guy. There's nothing wrong with that, but Fedor is a Sambo expert. His grappling is next level, and he actually does have knockout power. Unless Chael Sonnen can get him down and grind him out very similarly to Ryan Bader and um, and Matt Mitrione. Well, my bad. I see um, Fedor handling Chael Sonnen and then it should be Fedor versus Matt Mitrione for the heavyweight Grand Prix final later on this year. That would be pretty dope. All right, co-main event is Benson Henderson, the uh, former UFC great, the just MMA all-around great, 25 and 8. Even though he's only 1 and 2 in his last three, um, his the two he lost were two really, really razor-close razor decisions against Michael Chandler, that's nothing to sneeze at, and against uh, Patricky Pitbull, which also is nothing to sneeze at. Um, two very, very close matches. He did win his last uh, fight by guillotine, but he is fighting against Saad Awad, who is a monster, who's also on a four fight winning streak. He's 23 and nine, and he has beaten Patricky Pitbull as well as Will Brooks. Dude is a monster, man. This should be a very, very, very interesting fight. I see Ben Henderson winning either third round stoppage or unanimous decision. If we look at his last fight, yes, it wasn't against one of the best guys, but last few fights he's been, Benson has been far more aggressive. And the only reason he's been losing split decisions is because he wasn't aggressive enough early enough. If we look at the Michael Chandler fight, Benson started slow, lost the first two rounds, and then pretty much started picking up mid-third round. By that point in time, the judges already gave Michael Chandler an early lead, and it was too late. Same thing with the Pitbull fight. His next fight, he gets an early stoppage, a first-round stoppage, because he attacked the guys. Benson is that skilled. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't believe that Sadawad has fought anybody as skilled as Benson Henderson in a very long time. So I see Benson getting this finish. 
All in all, man, this should be a pretty good fight card, man. It should be a pretty good weekend um, of fights. I will be right at home watching it by myself. Um, <laughs> after last week being around a whole bunch of people watching that fight card, it's going to be really nice chilling at the crib by myself watching uh, all these fights and a bit of break it down and, uh, and a whole lot more of that. Um, yo. That's about all the time I have for today. Thank you so much um, for listening. I will be back later on this week. um, We have fighter focus later on this week we have prospect alert coming up this week and we have something special um also so please please stay tuned um this is serge vicente thank you so much for joining me today on episode 35 of the fight podcast the fight podcast is brought to you each and every week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 20 percent off of your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente support the show by checking me out on the website thefightpodcast.com purchase merch today thank you all so much for listening and i will talk to you next time right here on the fight podcast peace out